Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Speaking of, have you ever wished you had easier access to your PCP? What if you could contact them anytime you needed without even having to leave the comfort of your own home? Well, today I'm going to be talking with Dr. Cedric Strong and Dr. Neil Chauhan of of Cloudwell Health. They are two entrepreneurial founders of this particular service that started off small and has, in the last couple of years, really expanded access to providers all across the islands in a way that allows them to communicate with Hawaii-based doctors that are all board certified in the islands and find ways to help people right in the privacy of their own home. So thank you for joining me today, this evening. Thanks, Kathy. Now, let's let's talk real quick. Dr. Strong, you and I are good friends and colleagues, and we've, we've known one another for a while, and you've brought Dr. Chauhan on board. And I was just talking with both of you, meeting, remembering a meeting a few years ago when you had the idea of creating a group that was doing more urgent care, and now it's moved into virtual primary care. Tell me about the evolution of how this all came to be. Yeah, so, um, you know, Neil and I were, were neighbors, and, you know, we had uh, we were in business school at the time, and, and uh, Neil worked uh, at the time for the largest telehealth company in Europe, and I you know, worked as a hospital medicine doctor at Polymomia, and I was the chief of medicine there. And we put our heads together um, trying to figure out how we can improve access to care. I, my background is that I started working in Hilo, Kona, Maui, and all these uh, hospitals. I worked in about eight, eight different hospitals in Hawaii, and I've, I've seen how things work here. And one thing I've always lamented is uh, the fact that there just weren't enough doctors. There weren't enough of me to go around, and I couldn't be in more than one place at a time, although I did you know, fly back and forth. I used to work in the ICUs in Kona, different places. To help out because uh, I continue to do that for years um, just to give back to the community. And so the one way I thought we could really make an impact is to have a, a telehealth business. And that way we can help people on different islands. And our mission is uh, to provide safe, affordable, easy uh, access to health care. And uh, we start off as we prescribe, um, and we were more prescription based service. And um, from there, we've expanded. We, we, we rebranded to Cloudwell Health, and now we're providing a lot of different services. We're not just uh, adult pediatrics. We're also doing behavioral health. Uh, we, we have collaborations with different groups. Um, we're tied in uh, with, you know, all the imaging centers, labs. So we can provide a lot of the services that um, a primary care service can, can offer, an urgent care service as well. And so that's been uh, the greatest thing that we've seen is just the growth in the business. And we continue to innovate and, and uh, work with different people, different groups. We continue to add uh, more technology, more software solutions. And then, uh, you know, obviously through COVID, um, a lot of that stuff has been accelerated even faster than, than we thought it was going to be. But it's been exciting. It's been fun. Um, I'm grateful to be able to help people in the community. And I, I, I uh we intend to be in this for the long haul. We intend to continue to grow the business. We, we live here. We're very proud of what we've done, and we want to do the most we can, and we continue to, to build and uh, go up and up and hopefully make it a bigger business uh, where we have uh, even more services off. Dr. Neal, you have 
a wealth of experience. You've done over 12,000 telemedicine visits through all of Europe. I'm curious that it seems like there are other locations where telemedicine was really on the uh, on absolutely at the front of what was going on. And maybe we here in the U.S. until COVID, you know, really didn't do a lot of telemed. What are some of the reasons that you think it was so popular in Europe and in the U.K. as opposed to uh, taking a little bit longer to to appeal to the masses here in the United States? Yeah, I mean, good question. Uh, as you mentioned, my, my experience is, you know, as a family medicine physician in the U.K., and um, I've been doing telehealth, and I still do uh, for the U.K. and Europe for several years now. Um, I, I think, you know, we, you know, we were kind of involving it pretty heavily into our national health service early, because um, I think we saw how efficient that could be, and we were recognizing issues when it came to primary care and urgent care and delays in treatment and so forth, and a lot of patients you know, potentially going to urgent care and emergency rooms when they could be managed in primary care. And I think we realized by implementing virtual care services, it provided that kind of ease of access, um, which then also helped take the pressure off the healthcare system in certain areas like emergency medicine. Um, and provide a good quality care. So, you know, a lot of the urgent care stuff, a lot of primary care can be managed virtually. And um, I think that's why we, we kind of started implementing it early in the UK and Europe. Well, and it kind of brings to mind how many times, you know, someone might go to the emergency room because it's after hours or because they couldn't get through to their to their doctor's office, and so they wind up in the ER because for them, they really believe it's an emergency, it's urgent, they need to get something taken care of. And as you mentioned, if you talk to any emergency room doctors, they will say there's a lot of things that they see that may not require their level of expertise. So there's that gap, and I think in some ways, urgent care has helped to fill that gap, but they're not always geographically available or time-wise available, and so that does provide a little extra burden in different communities. I'm curious, Dr. Strong, one of the things that that is unique about Cloudwell Health is that all of the physicians are board certified right here in the islands, but it's not just care that is provided specifically Oahu-centric. So because of the way that you're designing this virtual primary care, this allows for some of the areas, particularly in our neighbor islands, that often have much greater difficulties sort of attracting and keeping physicians to stay in their local communities. This kind of helps to transcend some of the shortages that occur in some of our more rural communities. Have you seen that take place thus far? Yes. So, you know, I mentioned that I, I live in a neighbor island, so um, I, I'm, a, I'm very aware of the shortage of, of doctors and specialists over there. And so, you know, this this uh, was created. You know, we're first-to-market uh, virtual primary care services. Um, it's had a, a big impact so far. Uh, we've, we've had uh, patients on different islands, obviously, um, reaching us online. We're able to do a lot, all the services that a, a, a PCP office would need. Um, we also are able to um, refer to specialists, so a lot of people need specialty care, uh, whatever would be cardiology, uh, gastroenterology, um, you know, ophthalmology, all these sort of things. We have, we have a, a network of specialists that we can actually refer to. Um, so we, we see this uh, business as 
definitely being um, a, a very bright spot for us. We think it's going to grow. Um, we know that Hawaii already has a shortage of physicians, and, and most of my colleagues are getting older. And, uh, you know, I, I came here in 2007, and I've watched a lot of doctors retire, and a lot are going to retire in the next decade. And so we're going to have to have a way to reach more people in different places, uh, especially more rural uh, areas, Kauai, even Big Island, uh, Maui, you know. So we, we are able to reach those people, and, and you know, we're lucky that, you know, the technology is available for us to do that. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago, I had patients that moved to the Hilo area, and once they did, they couldn't see me anymore because we weren't even looking at telemedicine at that time. So it's really helping to keep primary care doctors, even for folks who move to neighbor islands, maybe able to continue to see their folks or find ways to provide service to them. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion with the founders of Cloudwell Health about what types of services that they offer and how can people learn about some of the different types of things that Hey, you might be able to get taken care of in the convenience of your own living room. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Namea Hawaii and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I've got Dr. Cedric Strong on the line and Dr. Neil Chowhan from Cloudwell Health. And we're talking today about what virtual primary care could mean for you. So we just started discussing about how there's even potentially some specialty referrals. So Dr. Neil, tell me a little bit about what this process would be like. If someone said, okay, I want to make a visit with a virtual primary care doctor because, you know, I can't get through to my own provider or I don't have one or I travel a lot and I want to have somebody here in the islands, whatever their reason may be. How would they go about this interaction? What's the process? How do they do it? Yeah, so we, um, as you know, we, we started off with urgent care services and now we kind of launched primary care services. And really the reason for that was to you know, stick to our mission to help improve access to care. And we, we're hearing over and over again the same story, which is you know, it's very challenging to potentially see a PCP. If you need a PCP, registering can be a long wait. And then you've got all the kind of pragmatic difficulties and COVID in addition to that. So we wanted to make it as easy as possible for people to have a virtual PCP. And so with us, it's, it's very straightforward. It's essentially a kind of online intake where you answer some simple questions um, and if it looks like um, you know you need a PCP and we would be a good fit, then we arrange those consultations. And um, it's a very rapid service, so uh, we see patients the same day. Um, you know, probably if a patient needs an appointment, they get seen within an hour, I would say. Um, and it, from there, we've kind of expanded. So we have the urgent care, we have the primary care services, we see kids pediatrics and you know during COVID there's been a lot of stress for everyone and we recognized that and realized you know we really needed to provide um, behavioral health support too and so we have um, therapists and psychologists as well and so we want to try and provide as many services as we can under one roof so that it really is easy and convenient for patients to be able to access the care that they need. Now, Dr. Strong, I'm curious, if somebody saw developed a virtual primary care relationship and they found a provider that they really 
enjoyed having a good rapport with. How would they be able to continue to see that same provider through virtual care? Yes, um, that, that's a great question. Yes, they are. Um, so if, uh, for instance, we have several providers that uh, patients really like, uh, I can name a few of them. Dr. Bernard is one, Dr. Pagimo, we have, we have several. Um, and patients really um, like them. I mean, they genuinely like them. They're great people. I work with them all the time. And we have several of them that like to have the continuity of seeing the same person, even though we have, a, you know, the same electronic medical care, and we have access to, as a group to each other's uh, patients. We're not available, but those doctors are always on schedule. So we're able to go ahead and book them uh, when the, that, that same position is back on schedule. So a lot of times they'll come in for an urgent issue. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the more common things, uh, urinary tract infections, um, other things, and they're able to have the primary, the first contact with the doctor. If you really like that doctor, we guarantee you can have follow up with that doctor. Um, if they're not available, we will have someone at least uh, of same skill, which and they're all excellent. But a lot of times, patients are able to uh, have that continuity of care and a follow up with that same doctor. Well, and that I think mimics what people would expect if they came into the offices. They want to see their own doctor and what happens when they're away or on vacation or it's their day off or something like that. So sometimes it's hard to get in to see colleagues because they're busy too. So it definitely fills a niche and helps with the need that people have for just being able to access care immediately and also knowing that no matter what happens, they have someone available. Now, you mentioned earlier, Dr. Strong, about different specialty referrals. I think that's another Another area that that I hope you grow into because, and it sounds like you already have, because that's certainly an area where, you know, it's one thing, primary care doctors, and I'm one of them, we can do a lot of different ways to help take care of patients. But sometimes we do hit a limit where we need to have the expertise of someone with additional training involved. What sort of inroads have you made in the specialty arena? Yeah, so, you know, since launching this uh, virtual primary care service, um, a lot of uh, patients uh, have, you know, HMO insurance or PPO insurance, uh, you know, for the people on the, on the radio. And HMO, uh, you have to go to a primary care doctor to get a referral to a specialist. If you have a PPO insurance, you can go directly to a specialist. So the interesting thing is uh, if you have a PPO insurance, your, 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 your premium is a little bit higher. So... Uh, so, so those of you who have HMO, if you, if you come to us, you pay a lower premium, and we're still able to refer you to a specialist, and you have quick access to care. So um, um, we've had some patients, they want to see a particular uh, discipline uh, or specialist, so like a GI doctor, for instance, they want a colonoscopy. Uh, we have some GI doctors uh, who are affiliated with us in our network. Um, they can actually go online, get their referral that day to the GI doctor and be seen, you know, within a fairly short period of time. Um, so that, that's just one of the programs we've been trying to grow. And so we made, we've made some success there with uh, partnerships, uh, collaboration, other specialties, uh, cardiology is one. There, I mean, there are a lot of different specialties that we work with. Obviously, behavioral health is one that we're highlighting, uh, especially during COVID. You know, a lot of, a lot of people have... Just, just the, the issue around it, um, the anxiety. I have a lot of friends that, you know, they're afraid to go outdoors. They're afraid to get exposed. They're afraid to get COVID. And some people that actually get COVID, 
there are there's the COVID uh, syndrome associated with it. I was looking up up the other day, and you know some people get depression and anxiety. Um, it can unmask other mental health disorders, and so having specialists, having you know therapists, all these sort of things, actually is very beneficial to the community. And we continue to try to grow those services as much as we can. Well, and I know that for a lot of different folks, I think the rates of increase in behavioral health needs over the last two years, almost two years now, has grown by 50% greater than what it was ever before, if not higher. Those were statistics that were from about six months ago, so I bet it's gone up. You mentioned that some people are having issues adjusting, you know, with the differences in how things are done or if they've had COVID, issues with dealing with that as well. I certainly echo the concerns that people have expressed. And, you know, it, it's it's a perfect a perfect arena to, to help bring some folks into behavioral health, having a therapist, having a psychologist. Uh, Dr. Neal, I'm curious, when you were doing telehealth in, in the UK, do they also have behavioral health sort of integrated so nicely with primary care? Uh, that's been more recent. So I think people were starting to recognize that there was clearly a, a higher need um, for these sorts of services around COVID. So not not much history. So, I, you know, I don't think it was something we were thinking that far ahead of pre-COVID, but something that has been implemented since there. And um, I wouldn't say it's been as seamless as, as we've been able to provide it here, actually. I think, um, I think there's just such a, a backlog and such a high demand for uh, behavioral health services, that even with the virtual care services implemented in the UK, um, those services are, um, are relatively inundated, um, and that, that's that, you know that's where we've really tried to kind of improve the access. We, uh, for me, it's always been about trying to get patients care as conveniently as quickly as possible, and just adding on to what Cedric mentioned regarding specialists, it's, um, it's really been uh, encouraging. So when we've spoken to specialists and kind of extended our network. It's been really nice to kind of get their encouragement and just how um, interested they've been in the kind of virtual services that we provide and being able to have these kind of fast-track referrals that we're able to um, provide patients with it makes a big difference for them to be able to access specialist care quickly. Well, and that's definitely a need. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and you're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Dr. Strong and Dr. Chauhan about what's next in the world of virtual care. What have they seen so far as they've started to branch out from urgent care into primary care? And where do you think that might go in the future? So we're going to keep you in suspense. We will be right back, and then we're going to talk again about what's going to be happening later on. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I have Dr. Cedric Strong, Dr. Neil Chauhan of Cloudwell Health here on the line. And, you know, gentlemen, you've made me feel like a dinosaur. So I still practice in in-person care, and we just with COVID started to, to dip our toes in the water of virtual care, doing a little bit of telemedicine and video visits and 
And it's always interesting, the technology for me, even though I thought I was good at learning something new, well, apparently not as good as I thought. So it's been a bit of a challenge just to sort of incorporate that in the midst of seeing patients in person, seeing them virtually, and kind of doing all that uh, simultaneously in the office. I'm curious because it sounds like developing similar to what we did years ago, and, and Dr. Dr. Cedric, you know about this, before there were hospitalists, we had primary care docs that were trying to be in an office and trying to be in a hospital simultaneously. And we found that over time, it actually made more sense to have a team of doctors in the hospital take care of patients in the hospital and have the office-based doctors stay in the office to sort of be more efficient and also be available for those needs of those patients in those locations. And so it kind of makes me wonder if maybe the idea of telemedicine is something that, you know, maybe at some point it will be advantageous to have people just do telemed and other doctors just do in-person care and kind of have that collaborative integration so that the teams can work together to sort of figure out how best to manage patients' needs. I'm curious, both of you have seen the growth in telemedicine uh, Dr. Neal from, you know, the UK to the US and what we're doing and Dr. Strong you you've taken the reins and sort of worked with Dr. Neal and figured out a way to bring this right here at home. Where do you see this type of care growing? What's the next step? You've already embarked on pediatrics and, you know, primary care and urgent care and behavioral health and specialty care. Where do you see it going from here? I'll, I'll ask you both. Dr. Neal, you first. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for us, you know, the steady steps in terms of the urgent care was where we started and then to improve access and kind of uh, more rounded kind of care service for patients who've got the PCP and the behavioral health and seeing children. I think... You know, from from our side, I, I think the next step is really kind of fine-tuning the primary care services. You know, there's so much that, that can be done, and there's so many different age groups um, and kind of looking after chronic disease. And so I think for us, you know, we want to keep our head down and make sure that we provide the, the best primary care service that we can and grow that, uh, improve access for patients, improve things like the patient journey, how easy it is for them to access the service online. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the next step would be being able to provide a kind of 360 uh, wellness kind of um, service for patients so that they really can have all their care needs met under, under one virtual roof. Yeah, it makes me wonder about people who are using a lot of the wearables. You know, you have uh, Fitbits started out and now Apple Watches or iWatches and other types of uh, monitoring devices can tell you how many steps you're taking and how many calories you've burned and what's your heart rhythm. It just, it really seems to make it uh, a next natural progression to to maybe be how do you integrate all this personal recorded information into an overall health profile that helps people to really target a unique approach to what their needs are as opposed to the one-size-fits-all. It kind of makes me wonder where technology is going. Dr. Strong, what are your thoughts? What's the next step for how you might see telemedicine and virtual care taking off and where we're headed? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we've uh, we've always had this roadmap of, of where we're going, you know, where we started to where we're going. And, uh, we all alluded to how we started in the very beginning and how we've grown. We've added services. We were in urgent care, and then now we're a virtual primary care service. Um, and so 
the interesting thing is when we were trying to map out the primary care service, we were wondering how are we going to get information on, you know, that a basic doctor's office gets, uh, you know, heart rate, uh, weight from people, that sort of thing. But we found out that actually with COVID, a lot of people already have uh, these scales. They have blood pressure cuffs. They have all the thermometers at home. You know, and so th that information, actually, we can get it pretty easily. And then um, a lot of people have wearables. So, I mean, there's a lot of health data already there. And so for us to go to the next level, obviously, integrating all that and putting it um, in a dashboard or some sort, um, that, that's always been our 360 goal. Um, I think we're going to get there. We're moving in, in stages. Obviously, COVID is accelerating all this. Um, you know, we're always working with programmers coming up with uh, interesting software solutions and things like that, and we continue to develop that sort of thing. Um, and at some point, we're going to add more artificial intelligence and things like that, more sophisticated things. That's the way. That's what I see um, on the horizon for us. Yeah, it certainly makes me wonder if AI. How is that going to impact? what we do, and when you have the ability to collect large quantities of data, what can that really tell people, and how can that help someone to transform their own health journey, knowing about what the statistics are, the likelihood of developing different conditions with more of an AI approach? I find it sort of fascinating where we might head in the future with that. Now, you've also mentioned that you've established contracts or relationships with different labs. So if somebody has the idea, hey, I want to get a virtual primary care doctor, that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have any access to doing ancillary testing. You know, if someone saw me in the office, we might check cholesterol, check blood sugar. As you mentioned, the vital signs, blood pressure, temperature, weight, height, those sorts of things that can maybe be recorded at home. But then laboratory studies can be done. So someone could, could go to one of the labs that you're affiliated with and have their blood test done. Do patients, Dr. Neal, have access to their chart directly? Yeah, so we get, we provide patients with kind of access to their results and have a very robust system in terms of reviewing results as soon as they come through, informing patients, arranging follow-up. So there's, there's nothing that kind of slips through the net. And um, that access and the partnerships we have um, is, is pretty broad, kind of, um, you know, servicing all kind of islands. So patients get their investigations um, arranged the same day the clinical coordinators that we have kind of really do help the patients in terms of where's, where's the closest, most convenient place to get things done. They speak with the labs on behalf of the patients and really just make it as smooth a process as possible so that there's no confusion, there's no kind of you know unmet questions um, so that we, we're getting the, the care needs met for the patient. Well, and I'm curious, Dr. Strong, when you think about how people are looking at ways to incorporate some of their own information they might record on their own. You know, it's it's makes me wonder if some of the major Internet companies like Amazon or Apple or some of those big companies that are looking into moving into the healthcare space, particularly with, with medical records or access to medical information, it sounds like having patients get that ability to address what's in their own record is really the next step of patient ownership of all their data. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've always believed in uh, the patient having access to their own data. Even when we, we prescribed, we had the ability to share their notes. Uh, the patients own their notes. They have access to everything. 
Um, and, you know, we're obligated by law to, to hold those records for, you know, a lengthy period of time as well as a backup system. Um, so, yes, um, having access to all that data and looking through population health data, I think, is, is the next phase of healthcare. Um, obviously, artificial intelligence has a role, deep space learning. Um, we're starting to use some of that in the hospitals, actually, believe it or not. Um, uh, they have software that comes through records and kind of identifies patterns. And we, we hope to, to be at that level. I mean, we're still innovating. We're still building software solutions for ourselves. And at some point, we'll be at that level. Well, it sounds fantastic. Please keep us up to date. I'd love to hear more about what the level is, where we're headed to next. And both of you have done a great job sort of spearheading this. If you want to hear more information, cloudwellhealth.com is the website that has information on both Dr. Chowhan and Dr. Strong and the rest of their excellent team of telemedicine providers. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. Mm-hmm.